Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I love our following guests, Michelle and Keith Norris. They are, well, let's just get into it. Michelle is the owner, co-founder, and CEO of PaleoFX. It is the largest paleo platform and event in the world, been featured in all of the major magazines. Amazing stuff, incredible entrepreneurs, science, uh, products, everything you want to learn about health is pretty much in this space. And Keith Norris, her husband, who is also a co-founder and is a former standout athlete and military veteran, he is an elite strength and conditioning specialist and habit change expert with over 40 years of in the trenches experience. Welcome back to the show, guys. Ah, thanks for having us. Thanks, y'all. I love this. So we joke around. We joked around last year. Brad and I did a outtake from you know after our experience at Paleo FX, and we were kicking ourselves because for the first few years we were like, yeah, we're just not convention people. And Mark kept saying, hey, you guys want to come to Paleo FX and work with us? You know, we'll send you. And we were like, no, eh, no, just you know, conventions are our thing. And then, <laughs> and then I went, and I was like, oh, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And same thing happened to him the following year. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't do this. So we talked about it on the podcast. And then we met a girl there and she came up and said, Hey guys, I actually felt the same way you did about conventions and these kind of things. And so, but when I heard that you guys felt like you were being idiots about it, I came and you were right. It's awesome. It is so awesome. And I want to throw that out there because I'm not a convention person, right? I, I, I wasn't a person who would think I'd even like something like that. I'm not a big celebrate with the crowds person. And it's such a unique event. What's how many years has it been now? So we are in our ninth event and going into our tenth year. So um, twenty twenty is our ninth event, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So f- as far as the convention thing, L, we like to fashion this as uh, I don't know, Paleo meets Burning Man. Yeah. So it's not your <laughs> so it's not your parents' normal convention. It is a rocking good time. Mm-hmm. It really is, and everybody is so friendly. And what I love about it and, you know, talked about it even in one of the promo videos was that, you know, all of us speak or interview each other on podcasts, or we connect with listeners and people in a space as coaches, and then to be able to meet people in person. And the one thing about Paleo Effects, I was so, I'm like crushed heart. So all because everybody is so open because there's people that are there, you know, whether you're selling something or whether you're there because you're seeking health answers or you're looking for people who also can be part of your tribe to understand because you guys know how it is. If you go through a health issue, it can be lonely. Sometimes wherever you're from, I remember meeting a guy that drove like, I don't know, maybe two days worth to get to Paleo FX because I could tell that he didn't have anybody in his tribe at home that understood what he's going through. And so you get a lot of really just open, lovely people that are willing to share with each other and just be, be authentic. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that I think is probably the biggest selling point of Paleo FX for the speakers is for the speakers to be able to come and to be able to network and to network, not just with each other, but be able to see their fans 
um, the people that they've actually changed their lives to have those interactions and have people come and tell them, Hey, I read this book or I was listening to your podcast and you were speaking to this person or whatever. And you've completely changed my life. And, you know, now I'm off of all these medications I'm off of, you know, whatever. And I've lost a hundred and whatever pounds. And it's really, really crazy to hear some of the stories that we hear back from the speakers, but really in, in all honesty, one of the things that we always say is come for the event, but you're going to stay for the tribe. Oh, that's a great, Mm -hmm. that should be the new tagline. (laughs) That's really great. Um, before, for people that have never been to Paleo Effects or don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about how you both even, you know, Michelle, what was the impetus for you to even design this event? (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, I was very, very ill back in, um, early 2000s and Keith ran across um, Art Devaney and Rob Wolf and um, um, Brett Pottinger online and some old line, uh, you know, old school forums. We're talking talking. dial-up days. Yeah, dial-up days. And so he was talking to them. They started telling him about this paleo thing. And Keith is one of those people that likes to really experiment. He's always been an N equals one experimenter with his body and has always been really fascinated with how he could really manipulate and change things about his body composition or the way that he looks or whatever through different things. Um, So he's been a biohacker before he knew what biohacking was. So He's listening to them, talking to them about this, and um, he's actually seeking this out for a wrestling coach for the wrestling team. And so when he started talking to them, they were telling him all about this paleo thing. They started mentioning celiac. Those kind of rang some bells for Keith because my symptoms were all dead on par with having celiac. I don't, but I was having obviously chronic inflammation. So he decided to try out paleo for himself before he was going to recommend this to a wrestling coach. He started doing it. He was paleo for about a year before he finally convinced me to try it. And within three weeks um, of trying paleo, all of my symptoms were gone. I had Uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, um, irritable bowel syndrome. I had been misdiagnosed with early onset rheumatoid arthritis. And so, so, so you were a lot of fun. You were, (laughs) she was a wreck. I was a total wreck. Retrospect. She was a wreck. Yeah. And what's interesting is, um, I'm, I, I'm in a, a trained chef. And so my specialty was Italian. So I made all my own pasta and my own pizza dough. So we really believed that we ate very, very healthy because I made most of our meals at home. We very rarely ate out. And when we, and if we did, it was, um, you know, it was because of the kids, uh, you know, whatever kind of games or whatever you was going on. And that was, you know, so I made all of our meals at home and, um, but you know, we were just having so many refined carbohydrates. And so, um, all of my symptoms were gone in three weeks. And then, um, kind of a little bit fast forward, um, our daughter, Brittany was killed in a car accident. And, um, at that time we found, you know, really found out what kind of an impact she had made on the world. And we had decided at that point, um, that we wanted to carry on her legacy. Uh, we had no idea what that was going to look like. She was a music and worship ministry major. She was killed three days before her 23rd birthday and a week before her college graduation. And, um, she had just really 
had decided to become a mission missionary and she had really impacted a lot of lives. And so her gifts were music and worship and she was a gifted and talented musician and singer. And those are definitely not our gifts. So we were trying to figure out what that was going to look like. And we just realized, you know, after a while that we really just needed to operate in our gifts, which are food and nutrition and fitness and health and wellness. And so, um, when we realized that we had an opportunity after the inaugural ancestral health symposium, Keith and I had gone to that event and we were literally sitting on the runway at LAX getting ready to fly out of there after the event. And I was just turned to him and I was like, you know, it's really, this is the other thing. So ancestral health symposium is decidedly a very academic symposium and we are decidedly not. And so, what was interesting is I was sitting there talking to him and I'm like, you know, they should have had, you know, cooking demonstrations and they should have had, you know, workout sessions and they should be showing people how to do this and they should be doing that and whatever. And Keith goes, you know, they're an academic conference. I don't think that they're going to do that. You know, all that practical stuff, that's not going to be them. And, uh, we just decided, Oh, okay. So we should do that. Maybe this is what we, this is what we do. And we, you know, realized then that that was how we were going to carry on Brittany's legacy after we launched Palo Effects in 2012. And so. I'll just say that to be an event planner means you are certifiably crazy. <laughs> it's insane. It's it's insane that what you guys do to put this together. It's an and you have an incredible team. Um, I want to just touch on a couple things. Back to your Italian cooking, I remember talking with you, Keith, <laughs> and you were saying that it was a it was like kind of a rough moment when you're like, "Sorry, I'm I'm not going to be eating anymore." Right. It was, it was. Yeah. She thought I was just. She thought I was. Well, I am crazy, but she thought in that instance that I really was. She was just like, "Oh, this is just another crazy thing that he's trying with this group of guys." And she's like, "All right, well, go ahead and go with your freaks. <laughs> you know, do this little experiment you're doing," and. uh I, I was like, I feel great, and I think this is going to last. And on top of that, I think you should try it as well because I really think these symptoms that we're seeing are related. And I didn't have any words to put to this at that time. Um, I really think these symptoms that you're exhibiting are related to your diet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and didn't it, you mention uh, too to me that um, I believe you did say something where one of the, the things you really noticed too was like the stabilization of mood. And when you had looked back, you were like, wow, I was a little bit crankier at times and maybe I had to be or something like that. I remember you was talking Keith. about, was that, was that, right. that's true. That was Keith. Yep. That was right. Keith. <laughs> I, yeah. And I would, I would, and you know, and looking back in retrospect, I would, I would get hangry. You know, mm -hmm. like people who are doing the old bodybuilding style of eating. I was eating, you know, six, seven times a day, you know, doing the whole thing. Right. And a higher car carbohydrate load. And if I went, you know, four hours and didn't eat it two, I started to get pissed off yeah. and cranky. And, you know, looking back on it. Yeah, it was just blood sugar dysregulation. Absolutely. And that, I that luckily enough for me did not manifest into something larger. So I caught it soon enough. Right, because it can head towards type 2 diabetes. We know that and right. a host of other things. And on the subject of your daughter, I mean, um, wow, I, anyone listening, that's so brutal. It uh, doesn't matter what age, uh, but that's a, a long bit of time to spend with a loved woman and then have them go before you. And so I also know uh, you have a great 
spiritual practice out outlook on life. And I can only imagine the trauma healing you had to do with that. What did you dive into mm. there? Because, you know, a lot of couples don't last through something like that. It can be so traumatic um, for both people and then the relationship. How did you navigate, you know, getting through that? Um, well, you know, what was really interesting is that we just really came together like the whole not just me and Keith but the whole family we really came together around all of that and especially given what Brittany's um chosen career path was was to become a minister and to become a missionary and plan planned on working in the missionary field so um we really all just came together and it really um you know there was no blame anywhere I did there was a short period of time where I blamed myself for Brittany's accident um, and Keith really walked me through that. And, um, Brittany's pastor walked me through that and really helped me, um, see that that was, you know, that's just survivor's guilt. And so, um, I, I had a really, what's interesting is I chose a very unconventional path for my grief. Um, and I really have to say, um, I think for me, it really helped me quite a bit because, I didn't do the typical, you know, um, support groups and all of that. I did try one, one time and it just wasn't my thing. Um, you know, we were talking about some people that were in the support group had been there for, you know, 10, 12 years and they were still ripping the bandaid off. And it was like, oh, I don't, I can't live like that. Um, so, and, and it's not that that there's anything wrong with that. That's their choice and their way of dealing with their grief. I chose a different path and, my grief ended up ultimately being, I need to do something that's going to honor her. Um, I'm going to, I need to do something that's going to carry on the legacy of changing people's lives, um, which is what she did. And so um, my, my, the way I'm doing it looks very different from the way she did it. But, um, or I shouldn't say I'm doing it the way we're doing it. The way we're doing it looks very different from the way that Brittany did it. But we, um, but we're nonetheless changing people's lives for the better. And, um, and that's what she did. And so, um, I just chose to take my grief into building something that was going to honor her life. And, um, and, you know, I spent an, a lot of time on Facebook just really, um, openly sharing my grief. And I think that that allowed a lot of people to, to, um, be able to tap into their own issues, some of it. And then of course, Keith and I started doing plant medicines and that was so helpful for really, um, overcoming the trauma of losing her. But really, um, I think I handled that one pretty well, um, it was able to allow me to release lots of traumas from my past to be able to really tap into um, who I need to be in order to, for this legacy to to continue to carry on. And, you know, El, we had so much else going on at that time, too. We were mm -hmm. we were losing our ass financially in the in the housing crisis. Right. Um, we, we just got decimated in 2008 and during that period. So we were already having tough times teetering on bankruptcy because of that. Mm -hmm. um, we were both totally dissatisfied in our corporate gigs. We were in corporate America at that time. Um, and both of us had already planned to exit out of corporate America to what we didn't know, but we knew that we couldn't continue on and that you know, we kind of woke up to the American dream around 2008 and said, this 
pardon my French, bleep this out, but this whole system is fucked and we're not going to be a part of this anymore. So that was that was kind of the backdrop prior to Britney's passing is we were already just in this utter turmoil at that mm-hmm. time. Financial turmoil. We didn't know what we were going to do. The only thing we did know is what we weren't going to continue to do. And, you know, the, the money that we saw bleed out during 2008 was our fuck you money. That was our that was our OK, we're quitting corporate America and getting out. Um, and it, it, at the time Brittany passed, we were faced with a decision. OK, the, the smart, rational decision would be to tuck tail, go back to what you're doing. At least you have a paycheck. Yeah. And uh, both of us just said, fuck that. We're not doing that. Um, it's amazing. In, Brittany. Uh, wow. I mean, Brittany, uh, I, I don't know her. I've never met her, never even seen a picture of her. But what she inspired through this passing is incredible. I mean, I'm amazed. It, it is. Yeah. Wow. That's that's an amazing story. Um, so the founder of our podcast, Mark Sisson, is one of the featured people always at Paleo Effects. How mm-hmm. did you guys uh, meet and connect with Mark? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's an interesting story because um, we were part of one of the largest paleo meetup groups in the United States um, years ago. And of course, we had our gyms and we had we were really good friends and we were kind of part of the founding group of that um, meetup. And uh, Brian Barksdale, who is a friend of ours, had decided he was going to try to do this. Mark had pl- was coming through town. I think he was doing some other events or something like that. So we, he reached out to Mark to set up a meetup that was going to be at our gym. And, uh, it's a really long story, but, um, we actually, Mark was not sure that he should come because he didn't think I liked him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. He was like, I don't know. Cause Keith's wife doesn't really like me. So I don't really know if that's a good idea. And to, all to his, his credit, this is something that I absolutely adore about Mark and Mark and I, um, really worked through all of that. And it was something, it was a big, huge learning lesson for me was that I really need to watch what I say when I'm online. And I really need to be careful because there are people that are watching. And what's interesting is, um, so this is a, this is a, I'm going to go ahead and tell on myself a little bit here. When I first became paleo, I didn't do the typical paleo thing, which is do the whole deep dive and get all excited about everything and, you know, go learn everything I could learn about the whole deal. I was really, I was pissed off. I was in a big state of denial. So the things that I learned were really through you know, being online occasionally and seeing stuff. And what happened was there was a time, this was when Mark first initially launched his, um, supplement line and, and he was getting a lot of flack for it. He was getting, um, a lot of people were saying stuff about the pricing and a lot of uh, the quality and what have you. And of course, you know, Mark took care of all of that stuff, you know, um, later on down the road, but the stuff I was hearing from people that I knew and that are, or that I knew in this space, but I didn't like, not, I didn't know them personally, but I, but I knew who they were, were saying things like Mark's a sellout, Mark's a this, Mark's whatever. <laughs> so I just followed suit and Mark <laughs> happened to see it. And so, um, this busted. Is that, I was totally busted. <laughs> And so Mark, um, Mark had this, I didn't know about this until actually after Mark came and did the meetup. 
And he and I were, and I was like his hostess. So when he came in the door, I met him. I started introducing him to everybody. I took him all around the party, all of this. And all of this was unbeknownst to me. I didn't know that all of that had happened. I didn't know that he had said anything to Brian. Brian mentioned it late. I think Keith mentioned it to me later that, um, that there was this concern or whatever, but Brian assured him, no, trust me, she's fine. She's, you know, she's going to host this blah, 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 blah. So he comes, he meets me, everything. I actually reach out to him to friend him on Facebook and he doesn't accept. And so then I, and I mention it to Keith and he goes, well, and so Keith starts telling me what the deal is. And I was like, oh my God, that's so awful. I can't, I would have totally said something to him while he was here. So anyway, I fell on the sword, reached out to Mark privately and told him, look, I feel awful. I don't, didn't really know anything about you. I mean, I told him the whole story. And so he was like, I just said, I was really unprofessional of me. It was really not cool because I really didn't know you. And I really shouldn't have said anything because I really didn't know anything. And, um, and I really learned my lesson then was that, you know, have your facts down at that's part the probably one of the biggest stances I think that paleo really, um, um, that paleo really, really is all about is having your sources, knowing what you're talking about. And, um, and, uh, sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to direct Keith real quick. Um, but anyway, I, um, I really, um, talked to him about that and said that was just wrong of me, but I realized how much paleo really is about having your facts, having your sources, knowing what you're talking about, and you need to know it yourself, not rely on, you know, just the information that you hear or that you, um, absorb from somewhere else. And so that really changed things for me. And Mark and I have been very good friends since then. And, um, I just really appreciate him just being so gracious and so kind, but that's how we met Mark. And a huge testament to not just Mark, yes, but this entire community is that way. I mean, they're yeah. just very able to engage in dialogue, um, no one's stabbing each other in the back, all of that kind of stuff. It's just very, I love that about this community. That is so funny. You know, uh, so people have made comments to me over the years about anyone in the industry. It doesn't matter if it's like a Dr. Andrew Wall who's selling matcha or whether it's, you know, and they'll be like, oh, what a sellout or they're, you know, now they're monetizing it. It's so depressing. And it's like, well, did you expect them to be a blogger for life? Number one, right, right. you know, and number two, it's like, look at what Mark's done with Primal Kitchen Foods. If there's a way to change the way the world is eating, you can yeah. only do it from that high level. He is proof that, you know, so, you know, and he's done a ton of businesses that have failed here or that, or, you know, you can maybe not like his primal omegas or whatever, but, but at right. the end of the day, where he got to where he is now with what he's done with primal kitchen, you know, I, I, I like walk in supermarkets, you know, several times a week and I almost tear up every time I see <laughs> primal kitchen product, because I love the fact that there are, you know, and not to be a, a commercial for it, but again, you know, I mean, these are like clean, mainstream, paleo, grain-free, you know, soy-free, all that stuff. You know, I was so tired of picking up some bottle of dressing with right. olive oil, and you look at the back, and it says soy, and you're like, damn it, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, this is not, right. not, damn right. it, you know? So I, I, I get it, and I think sometimes some of those people who say that are just a little jealous sometimes, yeah. too, you know? Yeah, and that's they, where that's coming from, too. Right, or they don't see the bigger picture. These products right. are available now to the general public. Right, 
at, at our first Paleo FX show in 2012, we had 12 vendors on the floor, 12, two of which actually paid us money. But that's <laughs> that was all that was available at that time. Right and now, how many vendors do we and now? Have? 247 was right. how many we had on the floor last year. Isn't that incredible? All the options. I mean, listen, you, you and Mark and Rob and, you know, so many other people in the industry have blown this up to a point that has created a demand. I love that I see mainstream companies jumping on, you know, like, oh, now we're doing grain-free chips. Hello, Siete, like who started that? Or yeah. you know, right. like, oh, yeah. it's, it's coming to the forefront. It, it's already there. Um, it's, it's huge. And I love that these are the options. Or even, you know, going back to like Jill Snack Cracker. She was one of the first people doing a cracker that was grain-free. And, um, right. You know, you, you got to start somewhere. And again, these people are creating products for us and again, loved ones where we can have those options. You know, now we can go get a grain-free tortilla and not feel guilty about having a taco. And and that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for, for you and, and what you've done with this movement. Um, tell us too, how many attendees did you have at the first one and how many are you going to have at the ninth one? <laughs> so we had almost 700 attendees at the first one and we have, uh, we're our goal is to hit 10,000 this year. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So we had 8,000 8, at the last show. And um, yeah, you, so you can just see the trajectory there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's been amazing. And, and back to your point about the foods, I get that there are purists out there mm -hmm. that will absolutely not eat a packaged food, not, you know, they don't buy into you know, it, it, it. The thought of General Mills buying a paleo company is just completely repugnant to them and they can't get over that. And I, you know, I get it. Okay, great. You can be a purist, but that is the 1%. <laughs> the rest of the people out there I want an epic bar yes, on a road trip. Exactly. Yeah, and he did and sell it to General Mills. And I, right. gosh, you know, I remember when I remember when Taylor from Epic. He, I was at Mark's working for Mark, and I was at his house, and he got like three, four samples. The guy only had four bars, mm -hmm. right. and I looked at that packaging and I looked at the ingredients, and I go, "This guy's a genius." <laughs> It's like this guy's a genius, right. and and now look at his company, and then of course yes. you know Mark sort of followed suit there, and um I don't you know again I know there are purists, there's people that won't even eat our mayonnaise, they're going to make their own, they're right. just super purists, but like you said, that's a very slim amount of people. We do right. want convenience, and um and by the way, if you come to Paleo Effects, you don't even really need to eat while you're there because like the samples and everything is so satiating. You could have right. like a little bone broth latte over at the bona fide you know bone <laughs> yeah. broth booth, and then like you're on fire all day long and you don't even it's just it's it's the most satiating event yeah. i've ever been to yeah if if um, you if you're lucky enough to have uh time to eat because otherwise you are yeah. busy or can be completely busy for the entire day yeah because there's so much to do right there's so much to do. let's talk about that so we'll get into some of the speakers and some of the things going on but uh tell us it is this april 2020 give us the dates the 24th through the 26th and our Health Entrepreneur FX event is the day before on the 23rd. And so um, we do that for the entrepreneurs that are in the health and wellness space who um, may be super passionate about what they do, but they just don't necessarily know how to run a business. So we give them all the um, tricks of the trade and help them be able to create a very viable business uh, with multiple revenue streams, because we believe that every business should have multiple revenue streams, not just to rely on one. 
So the idea being that Paleo FX is the wrecking ball that just demolishes the old paradigm, but we have to have entrepreneurs to come in the wake of that uh, mm -hmm. demolished paradigm to create a new one. Mm -hmm. And that's what we intend to create with, uh, with the entrepreneurs who have all of these great ideas um, and are very, very passionate, but as Michelle said, might not have the business chops to be able to pull it off. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk, I mean, Mark's always a featured keynote speaker. Um, Rob Wolf's a regular attendee. Um, JJ Virgin was there last year. Who are some of the people, maybe some new people that haven't been there or been there in a while that are going to be rolling up there this year? Uh, I'm super excited that we have Dale Bredesen is going to be there this year. Um, we had Steve Gundry last year in a Perlmutter, but the three of them so far, and I've got, um, I'm putting it together right now, but we're going to have an epic brain panel, like, because we've got Dale Bredesen, Dr. Perlmutter and Steve Gundry in the house. So yes, there's them. Uh, Dave Asprey will be coming back this, um, next year. Of course, JJ will be back this next year. Chris Kresser, um, uh, let's see, um, I have Dr. Partha Nandy is going to be coming from this Dr. Nandy show. So he will be there this year. Um, trying to think all my new people. Um, uh, Dave Asprey will be back. Um, ben Greenfield. Um, you know who I'm really stoked about is having Michaela Peterson back yeah. again. Because yes. her her story and her, her very, at a, at a young age, the mm -hmm. ability for her to stick to her guns. Now, people can agree or disagree with her actual diet. But you got to hand it to her that she stuck to her guns and figured out a way to heal herself. Yeah. Uh, and for the people that are listening that don't know who she is, she is full on carnivore. Right. Correct? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, that's an interesting thing. That's a that's really popped up in the past couple of years here prominently in our space because it's, again, it's like just a, a deeper really interesting level right. of all of this. Um, I mean, that's super ancestral. And you know, uh, we had a podcast come out uh, a couple weeks ago with a girl who's a health coach as well. And again, went through all the stages, like a lot of these people do. And then they, they weed it down. And then they realize once they go full carnivore, everything is gone. And then they have one macadamia nut and it's a migraine or they right. have one piece of lettuce and they've yes. got welts on their legs. I've seen photos of this. Right. I have, you know, we've got a couple doctors in the space, right? You know, Paul Saladino, Sean Baker, there's lots of, yep. there's a couple MDs that have even gone in this direction. And so that's a new interesting topic. And I can't wait myself to really hear her and, uh, and more about what she has to say, but she has gotten a lot of heat, like you said, mm -hmm. but has stuck to her guns and, um, that's an amazing story. The other thing too that you sort of brought out, I noticed, um, because this will be my third year there, and I'm so grateful to to come back and speak. Um, is Michelle? I noticed you. You know, last year I had a great opportunity to talk about something other than just physical health, which was mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. and health, and I did a speech called "The Shame of Disability and the Disability of Shame" because I have a hand disability, and that was so wonderful for me. It's also a, a chapter in my new book, but. You have had a couple of those. There were, there's a few of those now sprinkled in. There's so many things you can get out of this. It's not just all talking about health. There are other little avenues over here of inspiration. You had Susan Bratton, the sexpert, right? Yeah. And we've had her on the show, and she's wonderful. Um, so it just keeps expanding. Yes. Well, the big thing is, of course, we believe in seven pillars of health at PaleoFX. So in order to have a fully optimized human being, we believe that you need to have your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your relational health, your financial health, your um, tribal health, tribal and community, tribe and community, yeah. 
I feel like I missed one though. And your spiritual health. Right. So the thing is, is that we incorporate all of that at Pillow FX plus many more other topics, but that's for a, an optimized human is to have those things. So we had, um, a panel last year called the spirituality of being and, uh, amazing panel. Um, Paul check was on that panel, Ta Witty, uh, Giselle Coy, Mike Bledsoe. And I can't, I can't think and of Paul, who I else. Said Paul check. Yeah. Paul check. Um, and it was such an incredible, um, panel, but the thing is, is that we're, you're, you need to talk the, the whole thing that we were talking about is not necessarily that you have to believe a, a religion or whatever type of thing. It's not believing in that it's believing in something bigger than yourself and believing in the connectedness of, you know, our, our consciousness and the connectedness of us as human beings here. And so, um, that's one of the things that we talk about on that panel. It was just that that panel was our, my favorite panel last year. So yeah, we've had you know plant medicine panels. We've mm -hmm. had uh, Dennis McKenna has come out to speak. Um, and Michelle and I went to the Austin Psychedelic Summit here in Austin uh, back in October or October yeah. November here in Austin. And the overlap with what we do with what Maps. And uh, if your listeners are familiar with Maps, um, it, it's it's huge. And I think all of us are moving in this same direction. If we can get past this paradigm of thinking that all drugs are quote unquote drugs and that they're all bad and, you know, it's a whole eighties thing of this is your brain on drugs and, and that whole bad message, these substances can be used to heal people from traumas if they're used responsibly. And tell us what maps is for those who are listening or like what it's no. the multi multi, hold on, <laughs> multidisciplinary, <laughs> um, uh, psychedelic organization i'm trying it's multidisciplinary uh, what's the a yeah essentially essentially we can get back to you on what the acronym yeah. stands for but essentially what they advocate is the use of uh, mdma um, lsd and other substances in the treatment of pts ptsd especially is what they're what they're targeting and especially yeah. ptsd in our service members um, yeah, and there's been some really great studies and work done in that arena to help people heal right, from that. Right, and so when people see you know us talking about that in at Paleo FX, they're like, <laughs> I thought this was a diet conference. It's like, <laughs> first of all, no, I it's came not here a, to burn fat. Wait right. a minute. <laughs> first of all, no, it's not a conference necessarily, and secondly, it's all it's it falls under the emotional spiritual pillar of of optimized human beings. And so we'll cover it. And I think that's that's one thing that makes PLUFX such an interesting event is it's all over the map. And it's it's all very, very cool. And everything's on the table. And we're open books. We're, we discuss everything within, within our lives. And, you know, at the end of the day, Michelle and I created an event that we would want to go to. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what we've done. And we just, and I think that's the question we ask ourselves every year. If we were going to an event, what would we want it to be? What would we want it to involve? And, we, and I, 
Go ahead. Yeah, and one of those tangents um, that I thought was really interesting last year and I thought was important, and it doesn't even matter what your political affiliations are, is you had a then-presidential candidate, no longer dropped out of the race, mm-hmm. but there to talk about this topic of it's how sustainable sustainable farming, essentially. You know, I, I got to tell you, one of the banes of my existence is continuing to see people blame meat for right. environmental things without distinguishing between pasture-raised animals and those farms and the cow feedlots on the side of the five freeway in California, right. where they all look, where it looks like a nuclear waste situation. Um, there is such a huge difference. People don't know that. And so lots of these documentaries will just blame meat and that consumption. And we, our community is all a part of uh, putting our money towards and efforts towards sustainable farming. And that's the kind of meats you and I, we all kind of choose to go towards if we can. I mean, in a jam, we're at a restaurant. Okay, maybe not. But these are the choices we can make to improve that, to improve our soil and to improve, you know, uh, methane gas release, etc. So I thought that was really awesome that you had a political candidate coming in who, in credit to him, was willing to talk about that. These are things that a lot of our politicians have no idea about. And we all know the government food pyramid mm-hmm. is a piece of garbage. Right. Yeah. right. And that's exactly why we brought him in, because, you know, <clears throat> not to go political, but Michelle and I are not Democrats no. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. If we if we could be painted in any category, it would be libertarian. But he was the only presidential candidate at the time that was going to bring up this topic. And that's a hugely important topic. And we don't care what party he's affiliated with. He was willing to talk about it. And this is the thing. It's kind of like that whole deal where everybody was also concerned about Epic being bought out by General Mills. It's like, oh, General Mills is going to change Epic. And Epic is like, no, we're going to change General Mills. This is the, this is how you start tapping into that mainstream is that when you have one um, – one candidate that's willing to, because I, you know, we got some gruff about the fact that we had a Democrat there, and um, but the thing is, is that if you have one person that's willing to start taking that message, and they have a big enough platform and a big enough bullhorn, you, this is somebody you want to get behind. You want to support what they're doing because the ultimately, it's the message that we're after. Mm-hmm. We're after the the person that's actually not. I mean, like, great. I we really liked him. You know, we, I don't know that we would have voted for Tim, but I'm, I'm just but saying, he was but willing, to, we, he was willing to, yeah. to get out there. And the thing is, I don't know that we wouldn't have voted for, that we would not have voted for him or that we would. So it didn't matter either way. It was about him really supporting him being that, you know, being that bullhorn and getting that message out there and starting that conversation. That was really what we were concerned about. And I do have the name of that. It's multi, it's multidisciplinary. Um, Association of Psychedelic Studies. There you go. Mm, maps. Maps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that was really fascinating. I love how open and all-inclusive you are. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, like you said, you probably got uh, heat from people, especially, you know, well, I know you're in Austin, but it's still Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> right. Although, I don't know, your state's looking like it's turning a different corner. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I really like that you gave him a platform. It's almost like, hey, this guy's willing to be talking about this in his political campaign, so let's give him yes. a voice. Let's give him a shot. And whether we vote for him or not, it's important, and it may even inspire some people to go, you know what, my my favorite political candidate should be talking talking about this shit. Maybe I need to call my congressman. Yeah, you know? Exactly. 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 Yes. That's exactly what we wanted. But yeah, it's, you know, yeah, we're, we want to have all those conversations. It's one of the other reasons why we brought a vegan into Paleo FX. I mean, we don't want Paleo FX to become an 
echo chamber. We want to make sure that, um, you know, because we our belief is that there's really no progress forward without some dissension. And so when you have people that question your dogma, question what you think and what you believe and all of those things, you can come back and go, yep, I I still believe this or nope, you know what? Now I'm convinced that this is not the right way and, and we need to course correct. And so the thing is that what I love about what we do in paleo is that many of the people that you will meet in the paleo movement are not those people that will stick to their dogma no matter what happens. If they get brought new evidence, new scientific evidence, and there's always emerging science, they will literally say, you know what, I did believe this before, but now I believe this and it's based on this science. And I believed it based on the science that I knew of in the past. And so the thing is, is that as things emerge, as new studies evolve, as we're able to get more studies funded for different initiatives that are part of the paleo movement, that's um, that's information that's going to be helpful to really shaping and making sure that we stay, you know, we stay ahead of the curve on all of that stuff. I mean, like you think about it now, just from when Keith and I started paleo years ago, you know, potatoes and rice were not something that were considered paleo. You absolutely, those were absolutely forbidden. And now they're a gray area and it really depends on the individual and the individual really needs to do their own testing and determine whether or not it's okay for them to have sweet potatoes, potatoes, or rice in their diet. The thing is, is like for me, I, I don't do well with rice. Um, sweet potatoes, they spike a little bit of insulin for me, which is a little bit bizarre. White potatoes, I do perfectly fine. So it's a, one of those things that if you're doing your your own N equals one experimenting, you're going to find what really works for you. And those are the gray areas that, you know, but, you know, years ago, that was, like I said, forgotten. And now they kind of have come back and had that conversation. We had the safe starches conversation on the Palo FX stage. The saturated um, fat uh, yeah. thing, you know, a few years ago, uh, Michelle and I were both like saturated fat, no limit, just suck it in, come to find, <laughs> yeah. come to find out we both have a, and we still believe that's true for, for most, most people. people. Um, but come to find out we have an APO3-4 genetic variant that predisposes both of us to early onset Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and other, uh, other degenerative. degenerative diseases like that on top of the point that I played football for, you know, the vast majority of my youth. And Oh, by the way, in the off season, what did I do? Kickboxing. <laughs> so I did myself mm. absolutely no favors in the, uh, in the brain department. So both of us have to watch our saturated fat intake. Oh, the irony. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, when paleo first started too, and hopefully people are more varied, but you know, there was so much like coconut based products, which are great. Coconut's great. Mm -hmm. Um, saturated fat's great. However, I too discovered I had a genetic thing that was like, yeah, probably not a great tolerance for saturated fat. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Let me take a look at that. Mm -hmm. And so when I did that genetic testing, I was like, you know what? I've been eating primary, like, or, or the scales are tipped more there. And I had to go back and go, hold on. Let's get some more olive oil going on. Let's right. pay attention yeah. to more avocado mm -hmm. and let's, you know, cause I would be doing coconut butter every day otherwise or something, you know, where now I might even take a little sip of olive oil if I'm going to do a little fat bomb versus the other. So again, these things are all about inform. And like you said, it's, it's individual. There's some people that don't do well on keto. It's right. not for everyone. Right. So, you know, it's, we're all very open. I think everyone's very inclusive. Um, and also let's just, before we wrap up, talk about Austin, Texas is a great 
wonderful town. There's so much great entertainment. The barbecue's insane. I've had <laughs> I had the most insane dinosaur beef rib I've ever had in my life. Like I still look at photos of it and I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> so great food. Uh, just a great city. Um, tell us a little bit about the space at the convention center and. and and everything going on there. So we take over the entire Palmer Event Center. And this is not your run-of-the-mill at any other city convention center. It's a really um, unique center to to Austin, which we really love because it's located right next to Butler Park and across from um, Lady Bird Johnson Lake, which is um, also known as Town Lake for for the old timers here in Austin and um, a really great downtown view of downtown Austin, which is absolutely gorgeous. So, and then the perfect um, weather usually during Palo effects is in April. And so that's one of the reasons why we chose to make sure that we got ourselves back into um, the month of April. And um, it's just a beautiful location and it's 90,000 square feet in uh, inside and about 35 to 40,000 square feet outside that take. Right. And there's, there's booths and things going on inside and outside all day long. And like you said, there's right in the middle of the floor, you can be, uh, you know, doing a stretch routine with Aaron Alexander or Ben Greenfield hanging down mm. from some, you know, doing some barbell. <laughs> there's like so many, it's, it's for everybody. Yeah. There's something for everyone in this space. Um, you run a lot of great contests and things like that. There's always an opportunity to win like a VIP package. And I mean, paleofx.com for everybody listening. Mm -hmm. We'll of course put that in the show notes, but uh, tell us some of the things you're running as we, you know, move forward to looking to attend this event and what might entice people to, to take a shot. Well, we, on February the 1st, we start our um, premier um, badge giveaway and that'll be, like I said, on February 1st, we'll start that. And so we're going to be giving out two packages of um, two premier badges, which they're, um, that's roughly about $1,200 value. And um, for each one of those prize packages, there's two people. And then we have a lot of other um, prizes that we're going to be giving away as well um, to the runners up and everything like that. So um, great great opportunity to come find out what we're about. So you go to paleofx.com. You can register there, go on our Facebook, paleofx, um, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at paleofx. And um, you can get all of the information. And I'm sure you guys will be probably putting that out as well. And here's a pro tip, Elle. Just here's an insider tip. There's going to be a charity party on Saturday night. Yes. You do not want to miss that charity party. And it sells out every year. It will sell out every year. Now this year we have room for 850 and I guarantee you once the details of this party get out, it will sell out in no time. It yes. is going to be a ruckus. Yeah. Ruckus. It's going to be so party. much fun. Yeah. So we actually have, and a lot of people probably in this space know who he is. And if you don't, I highly recommend you go find out who he is, but we have Parangi who will be, he's actually going to be doing a sound healing at Palo FX, And then he will be actually playing at the charity celebration on Saturday night. And this year, um, our, the theme for the party is called burn for a cause. And so it is a costume party, which is burning man inspired costumes and with Parangi playing there, it's pretty perfect. So, so. Bring, bring all your burner stuff, Elle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a great insider tip. I'm going to look forward to that. Yeah. And also, too, you have, um, you know, you can go onto YouTube or your website or even Instagram. That you guys can watch videos and hear from people like me, Mark, and other people that have been there um, and see what it's like, get a, get a view of it live through video um, to get a feel for it. So those are available, too, to take a look at. It's not just a, a, a stiff web page, right? You know, there's, there's a lot of interactive stuff to check out what it's like to be on the floor there and uh, being there. It's such a such good energy. What else would you like to leave our audience with before we head out? Well, I would just like to say, Elle, for my closing comment, the only negative comment we get about Paleo FX is you guys have too much going on. I <laughs> can't catch it. There's too many things <laughs> too many all at the same time on. to have to choose from. <laughs> so if that's a big complaint we get, we'll take it. Yeah, that, that is true. I've yeah. heard that just because people are like, oh, I want to go to that, right. but I also want to go to that. You know, yeah. it's, it's a tough choice, but no, it's wonderful. I so appreciative, so excited to be there. Um, everybody, listen, uh, there's, there was a couple people who came up to me at Paleo FX and were like, hey, you know, I wanted to talk to you last year, but I was intimidated. <laughs> Maybe I gave them the wrong impression like you did with Mark. <laughs> um, but you know what? Every single person, you, you can walk up to Ben Greenfield yeah. and talk to him. He will talk to you. I, we will all talk to you. Mark is there. Yeah. We're walking the floor. Please feel free to come up and talk to all of us. Uh, we're, that's what we're there for. Um, speak up. Don't be intimidated. We love to learn and talk with everybody. So, and everyone is so nice and, and giving. So I just, it's, it's not an intimidating situation where you feel separate from the speakers. It is really all inclusive. So I wanted to throw that out there. What about you, Michelle? Anything you'd like to leave with our audience? Uh, I say if you're going to come, you need to come with an open mind you need to bring a water bottle with you and you need to <laughs> yes. wear tennis shoes. Be very comfortable because <laughs> so, you're going to have a lot of fun and there's a lot of stuff, cool st stuff to do. Most of it you're going to want to do in tennis shoes. I wear heels through the whole thing, um, which is probably a really bad idea, but I do, but I'm on stage a lot. So um, I can just tell you, come have fun, just bring friends. Um, we also have a thing called the paleo posse that we do every year that we started years ago. And we, and it's, we put you connect you with a group of friends, um, that you can meet there. So even if you don't have somebody to bring with you, don't no fear, get part of the paleo posse and we'll, um, create a posse for you. Y'all will all meet and we have paleo posses. Um, that have been meeting since the very first year that we offered that. And they actually come back together every single year and come to Pale FX together. Yeah. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. That is such an important thing because there are people that, like we said earlier, you know, don't have a tribe where they live. Yeah. They come there. And again, that's a bold move anyway to go to a place like that alone, regardless. And so you're creating another space for them to meet up with people. And obviously, lifelong friendships are formed. Can't deny it. I have formed them myself at Paleo FX. And um, so grateful to you for what you do for this community and um, for all of us at Primal Blueprint as well. And also to the people I just wanted to throw out, you know, Chris Kresser Institute, Primal Health Coach Institute. And if you're interested in becoming part of the space as a coach, there are opportunities to delve in deeper and really get one-on-one -on -one personal, you know, in-person chats with people that are running coaching programs. Yeah, right. so right. for sure. You know, they will all be there and you can talk to them all, have a deep mm -hmm. discussion with them for That's sure. That's right. All right, everybody go to paleofx.com. Keith and Michelle Norris, thank you so much for joining us, and I will see you there. Yes, yay. Right. Oh, Can't thank wait. You, thank you. All right, bye. 
Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. It used to be called Primal Calm. And the key ingredient in this formula is called phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress, whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind. We're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life. And when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill,